This is the Getting Divorced Without Losing Your Mind podcast, where divorce coach Corey Shapiro helps you get creative and not reactive in your divorce. Tune in now and get the support you need to make it through this difficult time. Here's Corey Shapiro. Welcome to the Getting Divorced Without Losing Your Mind podcast. This is Corey Shapiro, your friendly divorce coach, podcasting out of New York City. And if you've been reading the news, we've been having basically what smells like a forest fire here in New York this week. Thankfully, it has passed over. I know in other parts of the country, they had that orange sky, that ash for months. We've had it for a few days, and it was crazy town here. And just to give you a little perspective, this is your first time listening to the podcast. I'm a divorce attorney in New York City. And what I realized is I have to get to people before they get to the attorney, before they really are going through the divorce process, because there's so much to learn, so much to learn. That's why I have my ebook. And basically, that's what I do with my clients. But instead of spending high lawyer hourly fees, I hope this information prepares you for that consult, prepares you a little better for your divorce. That's what the purpose of the podcast and the ebook and the other other media I do. Okay, so a little preview of this podcast. Our theme for the podcast is college. I looked at it. I couldn't believe it. I did college. I started college 31 years ago, 31 years ago. And they go, yeah, crazy. I know, crazy. Uh, well, I guess it all depends on what you're listening. Maybe you could say I've been doing it in college 50 years ago. Everything's relative. All right, so we got a quote, we do a quote, we do a question, we do divorce news, we do positive perspective. The quote this week is from a master politician, a master politician. It goes like this. In politics, you must let the other person have your way. In politics, you must let the other person have your way. This gem is from Senator or former Senator Claiborne Pell, Claiborne Pell. That last name for people who are applying to colleges, who've been in college, may sound familiar because he did the Pell Grants, which gives financial aid for people in real financial need. He was a six-term senator, six terms from Rhode Island. And I'm very impressed with him. Uh, because he seems to be able to do something I tell my clients and I see really good attorneys do, which is judo. And I'm not talking about physical judo. I'm talking about verbal judo. For example, here's a story. On a campaign, one opponent called him a cream puff. You're a cream puff. And his creative response was he got the endorsement of the Baker's Union. That's how you do it. You get the endorsement of the Baker's Union when someone calls you a cream puff, and that just sidesteps everything and puts it in the right direction. One last thing about Senator Pell. He also sponsored the National Endowment for the Arts, which I looked, their annual budget is over $160 million. That They give money to people who are in need and doing all these wonderful art, art projects. So he was really very helpful. We need more Americans like him. All right. The question, uh, well, first, if you have a question for the podcast and you want it answered, you can go to gettingdivorced.org 
and I may answer your question on a future episode of the Getting Divorced Without Losing Your Mind podcast. This week's question is from Thomas. Thomas asks, my ex and I got divorced when our child was six. It was a pretty simple process. We didn't have much to divide up. We even went to mediation and came up with a creative, creative way to handle child support, which has been working well for all these years. And we just share an account with fixed monthly expenses. But now our child is a junior in high school and we're starting to talk about college. My ex has remarried. I haven't. I'm worried because I believe my ex makes more than me but I really want my child to go to a good college. But as like most parents, I'm concerned about costs. Can you help me think about some of the things I need to think about when I'm thinking about college expenses? Thanks for your help. Well, Thomas, great question. Great question. College is on so many parents' minds. Two big expenses we have in life, mortgages in college, it seems. And those are crazy expenses. So I appreciate it. Uh, a little preview of the question because it's a lot there and we're just going to do a preview of it. But the first one is is what I call kick the can down the road. When you have a divorce, such a, a young child, you might not deal with these issues at that time. We're also going to talk about how maybe some states look at it, the law, which is this idea of equal or pro rata. The pro rata, that word sounds funny. It just means sharing expenses based on income. It's not some famous brand that you never heard of. And are we going to cap it at a public school, in-state public school or a private school? We're going to talk a little bit about 529 accounts. And then we're going to talk about the FAFSA form, the FAFSA form, which is that free application for federal student aid. All right. So let's first talk about what happened in your situation. To kick the can down the road, don't feel so bad. Most people who are getting divorced and they have a six-year-old with not much of a marital estate probably did what you did. I, I looked at the, the stats on Wikipedia, at least. It says about half of the families have nothing, nothing save for college. So it seems like you might be a little better off than those people, but it's okay that you've never thought about it. It's okay. Uh, and now when the issue has come up, like a lot of parents, now you got to deal with it. And that's just the way things are sometimes. So I'll tell you the next step. We're going to talk about that equal and pro rata. And the idea is sometimes you just don't want to really deal with your ex. You don't want to exchange your financial documents. You don't, you just, you know, you've already created a separate life. You want to move on. Yes, they may have made a little bit more like you're saying, Thomas, but you know what? Equal, even though maybe you'll spend a little bit more, maybe you're buying peace of mind. And as an aside, the most important thing we have is not money, it's time. So maybe the equal gives you more time. Because if you're going to do pro rata, you might have to battle that out, and it takes time and, and money to fight that out. Then the other idea is, well, we're going to say equal, but are we going to cap it at in-state public tuition, which is very different than a private college? But then what happens if the child is exceptional and goes to an Ivy League? Do we make an exception there? I think what most parents do who are middle class, they're just going to cap it at in-state public. And then if, if the child is exceptional, 
and goes to an Ivy League, hopefully they'll get some scholarships or nothing's going to be obligated and maybe a parent will contribute more, but it's not going to be an obligation. Then let's talk about 529 accounts. Doesn't sound like, Thomas, you did that over the years, but maybe your spouse did. And you could use these accounts. These are the 529 accounts. These accounts, for people who don't know, is what are set up. Uh, so you can put money in these accounts. Earlier on, it grows and it comes out. If you use it for certain expenses, like education-related expenses, it's tax-free, which is fantastic. And it can grow. I, I saw on Wikipedia, it's about $400 billion, with a B, $400 billion in 529 accounts in 2022. So a lot of people are taking advantage of that. And then the last thing is this FAFSA form. Uh, they've gone through some changes on this form. It's I think they're, they're trying to make it less convoluted than it is, but it is still convoluted. But I literally Googled it for this podcast and I got the PDF and I reviewed it. And the one question that was interesting to me as in divorce was question 81. This is for the 2023-2024 FAFSA form. And there's notes to the question. But basically it says this. If your parents are divorced or separated, answer the questions about the parent you live. This is the student. You lived with more during the past 12 months. So a lot of times in divorce, it's 50-50. That's a presumption. But if you have a traditional situation, then you would, leave, you would put down the, the, the primary residential parent, right? Um, but if you live with them equally, then it's the one who provided more support. And I think that's a change that they're doing. It used to be you put down the information on the less moneyed spouse or ex because you're trying to get more financial aid. I think the government's cracking down on that to save money for all their other things that they are doing. Yeah, saving money, um, which makes sense, doesn't necessarily make sense to me except if the public policy is to make wealthier people pay more. But I do think it hurts people who don't have the money. All right, so that's that. And then if you have to, what we're going to call negotiate, mediate, or even litigate, which I'll call rock and roll, let me just give you a little flavor of the law. You know, this area is not that challenging for the most part, the custody area. The standard in most states are best interests of the child. If you've been listening to this podcast long enough, you know what that means is whatever the judge wants it to mean. That's the best interest of the child or whatever the lawyers frame it to mean and what you focus on. But I tell you what the court does focus on. They first look at your ability to pay. You know, if, you're, if your kid gets into college and you're making big money and you say you don't have money, they don't care. They're going to make you pay. On the other hand, if you're just scrapping by and you're in debt, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to make you pay college if you can't afford your rent or if you're unemployed and there's a good reason why you're unemployed or if there's a health reversal. Uh, but if you have the money, in my experience, they're going to make you pay. They also look at what your educational background is. You know, if you went to a private college, chances are then you want to give the same opportunities for your child. So unless you can make up a good reason why not, it should go to a public school they're probably going to be more inclined to go to that private school. That's what you did. Well, why is your child any different? On the other hand, if you didn't even go to college, then I think the court might be a little bit more open to this idea of a public you know, university cap, depending on your income. And then you're going to look at the child's education. You know, If the child's getting into Ivy League, I think the, the judge, like most people, are going to have a bias. 
And they're going to think if you're a good parent, you're going to do everything you can to make sure that kid gets into an Ivy League because that's really going to open doors for the child. Okay, so I think that's really some of the things you want to think about, Thomas, when you're thinking about college. My quick take on college, and we did a recent podcast on this, uh, on the gap year, you know, that year you take off before college and just have a little break, probably going to Europe and enjoying your life. I don't think college is for everyone. So I don't think this 50-50 presumption is for everyone of, of, of parenting. I think some parents really want to be the primary parent, and some parents really want to be the weekend parent. Once in a while parent or the Disney parent. And I think same thing with college. I think a lot of people are forced into college and that might not necessarily be the best thing for them at that time. Maybe they can go later on, but maybe it's not right for them. For example, I think a lot of wonderful professions, including what the law used to be, is you learn in the apprenticeship model. And I think a lot of, I think that really resonates for a lot of people. All right, moving on to divorce news. I saw this article in the New York Times about how complicated this FAFSA form is, this FAFSA form is, that so many people are not actually, they're not actually filling it out. And it's sad to me because one provision or aid the government gives you is these Pell Grants from Claiborne Pell and that Pell Grant doesn't have to get repaid, except for very, very, you know, very, very small reasons that you would have to get repaid. But if you actually go to school and you do what you're supposed to do, it doesn't have to be repaid. And that's free money, free money for people who need it. Yeah. So I think that's crazy. And when I read about that, that people are not filling it out, that it's convoluted, that it deters people who need it most. I'm like, this is just the way things work sometimes. And then I looked at this a little bit more. And in the article, it talked about what Louisiana does, the state of Louisiana. And I love Louisiana. Who doesn't love beignets? I love beignets. Love going down there in the Garden District and checking out things. And they do things right when it comes to the FAFSA form. They make it a requirement, a requirement that before you get your high school diploma, you got to fill this form out. And to me, that's the right thing to do. And you it's what I talk about all the time. You need to be creative. You need to have self-executing provisions. And everyone remembers high school, all these things you had to do to get your diploma. Remember college, all these things you have to do to get your degree. And if you went to graduate school, all these things you have to do to get your degree. So all Louisiana is saying is, listen, you want your, your diploma? figure out your, we're going to make you do your FAFSA. That's just one other thing to add to your ta your task list. So I'm very impressed with that state. And I think that's what we need to do to help more people who are having problems who need it most. All right, my positive perspective. I always like to end with the positive perspective. Here's my positive perspective. College, it's expensive. College is expensive. It's crazy expensive. It's like more than double when I went to college. Crazy expensive. Just like mortgages becoming crazy. Uh, but, and here's the big, but the government has a lot of money. Government has a lot of money and they like to give money away. They like to give money away for college. They like to give money away for college. On the other hand, taking a loan is scary. Who wants to take a loan? You have no money. And then they tell you to take all this money and you're and like, I don't earn anything. I have to defer everything until I graduate. And now I'm going to have this debt. 
It's crazy. And yeah, it's, it's sad. It's sad that that's our country, that we have all these debts for students. But the reality is, and this may be, is this the American way? When you borrow, when you borrow money from the government, it's not the same as borrowing, let's say, from a loan shark. The difference the loan shark comes to your house. <laughs> they come to your house when you don't repay and they physically threaten you. The government doesn't physically threaten you like that. So yes, it's scary, but it's doable. So my positive perspective is use the money that's available to you. And hopefully with your education, you'll be making money. And I know it's hard to think that far in the future, but probably in 10 years after college, you will be a completely different person if you're on that path in a career. And that's, I think, the idea of why the government gives these this money. They, they are sort of setting you up for success, sort of like a venture capitalist. Think of it like public VC, venture capital, capital money. New businesses need venture capital. Students need money to help them out to get going. That's how America works. All right, so let's wrap this episode up. Uh, before that loan shark comes calling, uh, we did a great quote by Senator Claiborne Pell. We had a question about college uh, expenses. Divorce news is about how complicated these FAFSA forms are and people who need it most aren't getting the aid. And then such a creative idea like Louisiana makes it re requirement of graduation for high school. And the positive perspective is, yes, the government is giving out money. Yes, it's scary, but it's doable. And hopefully if you're on that path and you're going to take a career, it will really set you up for success. And that's the key. That's the key. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope you found it informative. Next week, we're going to answer a question about negotiation. If you have feedback for the podcast, you can go to feedback at gettingdivorced.org and send us an email. You can also check out our, our website, our show website at gettingdivorced.org. We have our archive there and other information. Until next time, take care. Thank you for tuning in to the Getting Divorced Without Losing Your Mind podcast with divorce coach Corey Shapiro. Divorce can be a difficult and overwhelming process, but it doesn't have to be. Corey's book is here to help you gain clarity, composure, and a strategic mindset. Get it now as an ebook on Amazon or an audiobook on Audible and unlock the power of these resources to make more informed decisions and gain a better understanding of the process. This podcast offers general information only. It cannot replace legal advice. If you need tailored advice, contact an attorney licensed to practice in your area. Mm -hmm.